Michelle Vopel joins Lachina Robinson on Around the Rim to talk about Neka Ogumake and her Olympic dream deferred. I give you my 2021 WNBA All-Star Ballad and much more on this episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. This is your Tuesday, Thursday host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. And this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And I hope you're enjoying today just as much as my mother's dogs are enjoying their squeaky toy in the background. But stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later on this episode. But today is uh, Tuesday, January, excuse me, Tuesday, June 29th. And tomorrow we will get the official announcement of the WNBA All-Stars. So on this episode in the B block, I'm going to let you know who I selected. I got to vote for the first time this year, and I'm really excited to share those picks with you. But in this first block, ooh, the dogs are getting loud. Hold on. Let's see if we can settle them down. Boys. Boys. But in the first block, I want to just tie a, a little bit of a bow on the Neka Ogumake USA basketball conversation that I had last week. And if you're not listening to LaChina Robinson and Around the Rim, you should definitely do that. But here's a little taste of the latest episode of Around the Rim. LaChina Robinson, the host, and of course, Tarika Foster Brasby, who is the producer of the show, had ESPN writer, women's basketball writer, Michelle Vopel on the show. And Michelle dropped some knowledge and really broke down and gave a little more detail than I think I did last week on why not having NECA on this team is a really tough pill to swallow. So here's a snippet from Around the Rim, and you can find the link to the full episode in the description. Make the case for us um, as to why people are so upset that NECA Ogumike was not named to the Olympic team. Yeah. Um... So sort of to paraphrase Derek Fisher yesterday, where to start, right? Because <laughs> there's a lot to say about this. But I think it crystallizes for me like this. They have, meaning USA Basketball, has moved the goalposts now three times on NECA. And over the course of three Olympic cycles, which she's, when this started, she would have been 22 for the first Olympics as a professional, and now she's 31. And to, to me, to do that to somebody who has been um, not just a monumental figure on the court, um, an MVP player, a champion, of, you know, four times went to the Final Four when she was at Stanford, but has been one of the most important players, I think, in the history of the WNBA and what she's done off the court. And that should matter to USA basketball because a hundred percent of their players are coming from the WNBA. Um, so you may say when I say move the goalposts and I'll, and I'll try to make this quick, but I think it's important because we're not just talking about this year. And you know, that LaChina, this is about 
the, the history of what's happened. When she was uh, the number one draft pick back in 2012, there was no reason in my mind she wasn't on that team. It was a perfect time to bring in a young star. And they had done that with the last two number one draft picks, Diana Tarazi and Candace Parker. And they did it in 2016 with Brianna Stewart. They didn't do it with Neka Agumwake. That was a really experienced team in the post, even though Lisa Leslie had finished her national team career. That, that 2012 team you know, had Candace Parker, it had Tamika Catchings, Sylvia Fowles, Tina Charles. Uh, then you had wings like Angel McCautry and Maya Moore, very experienced guards with Sue and Diana, Lindsey Whalen, Simone Augustus. It was a perfect time to bring in your new young face that who also, you know, was, was um, just had this incredible personality, right? She was everything you, you would want. And they didn't do that. They took two players that were Connecticut graduates. And I am not disparaging either of those players. They were great players. Some um, Swin Cash and, and Asia Jones. Jones. Yep. But in, in my mind, and I will just say this, I don't, I don't think that was the right choice. One or the other would be fine, but that other spot should have gone to Neka Agumwake. They didn't need two more post players in their 30s. They had plenty of experience on that team. So that meant half that team was Connecticut graduates and coach Gino Aramis first year coaching, being head coach to the USA basketball team. So at that point, then the goalpost is, oh, hey, we want more experienced players. That's what they said. That's why we don't have NECA. Four years later, both Candace Parker, who was 30, a two-time MVP and a two-time Olympian didn't make the team. NECA Gumwake didn't make the team. And Brianna Stewart did. That team was picked in April of 2016 before Brianna Stewart had ever played a professional game. Now, Stewie's a phenomenal player. We know that. We've seen that. But my point is, again, the goalposts moved. The previous Olympics is, oh, we need more experience. Now it's, oh, now we've got to make sure we get the young star in. So these Olympics, you're going to say, okay, it's got to be Neca's turn now, right? Like she's going to be 31 next week. She's done everything you've asked of her. She was on your core of eight players that they named back in 2019, 2020. And she was one of the best players. She played all the games. She was MVP of a qualifying tournament. Goalposts move again. No. And they're saying, well, I say they're saying because Don Staley's been the only one who's, who's not on the selection committee who has said this publicly, that it was because of the injury that NECA has, which is a sprained knee. Diana Trazi has a crack in her sternum and, you know, the, the, I guess the argument will be, well, we're thinking she's going to come back this week and NECA might be another week or two weeks. And I'm like, okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> the team had to be like announced yesterday, like, or given to, I guess the, the USOC slash IOC, it was the 23rd of June. So Diana's not back yet either. We think she's coming back this week. She's 39. She's eight years older than NECA, but they're giving her the benefit of the doubt. She's going to be just fine physically. And you're not giving that benefit of the doubt to NECA Gumwake. So that's what I'm talking about, about goalposts moving over the course of nine years and three Olympic cycles. And this happening to the same person for all of those, because I think you could easily say she should be a three-time Olympian now, not a no-time Olympian. I'm miffed 
Michelle, I am. And when we start to pull back the layers and the conversations are happening, um, it feels like there are more people paying attention now than maybe four years ago when Candace Parker and Neka Gumake were left out of the Olympic. You know, that conversation got broader because LA did win the championship this year, that year, and, and Candace and Neka seemed very motivated by, you know, being left out. But whether it's Damian Lillard or Lisa Leslie or Candace Parker herself. I mean, we're hearing a lot of people really speaking out. And one of them is obviously her sister, Chanae, um, who right after the announcement, you know, read a very passionate and pointed note on Twitter about, you know, Lloyd tried to force it back to Russell and turned it over. Here comes Las Vegas, down two, Gray into the lane, lays it in, plus the foul, Chelsea Gray. Here is Gray, there comes the high screen from Wilson, Gray one-on-one -on -one with Stewart, connects on the jumper with 10.6 to go. going to drain it, what a tough shot. We heard Bill Lambeer say to Chelsea Gray, does that work for you? Drawing up the final play, Gray said, yep, sure did. That is Chelsea Gray as your ultra player of the week. We are so thankful to all of our sponsors, including Michelob Ultra, because you know what? We like to enjoy good highlights. Chelsea Gray gave us really good highlights, and we also like to crack open a beer while we're enjoying these games. And only and at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you can enjoy a Michelob Ultra because you know what? Joy creates success, whether it's being successful on the court or in your day-to-day -day life. So thank you. And remember that enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. All right, folks, now it is time for me to give you my WNBA All-Star Ballot. And I'm gonna just give you the instructions that we were given. I've gone over this before, but it's worth noting. And if you listen to the entire episode of Locked, or excuse me, of Around the Rim, you also hear Latrina Robinson and Michelle Vopel go into how they feel about the WNBA All-Star, particularly the fact that after fans have voted, after the players have voted, and after media has voted, there will be a pool of players, 36 top vote-getters, and from that 36, then the coaches will select the WNBA All-Star roster to compete against USA Basketball. So again, if you want to know a little bit more about what LaChina and Michelle think about that, and essentially that I agree with them, head over and listen to Around the Rim podcast. But so we were instructed as voting members um, to vote as follows. We were to send over and submit our ballot of six front court players and um, four guards. I always think it's interesting when people use front court, but they don't use the term back court. Um, we were given a list of all players eligible, including those with USA Basketball, and they were designated either front court, back court, or both. So if a player, and I'll get into this a little bit as I reveal my selections, but if a player is front court, back court, um, you know, 
depending on how the voting goes, they will be um, kind of divvied out in that way. Um, So, okay, let's go over my selection. Another thing that I should add is because this is an all-star game where USA basketball players will be there regardless of whether they're voted as a WNBA All-Star. I asked about this and, you know, essentially, similarly to the fan vote and I would imagine the player vote, for this particular All-Star, we had kind of carte blanche, right? We were able to select our criteria, All of the eligible players were sent to us, and we determined our criteria. So I'm going to give you my picks, six front court, four back court, and I'm going to let you know, although there are some USA basketball players that I think are also WNBA all-stars, actually a lot of them, for this all-star ballot, I selected only players that are not representing the United States uh, for the Olympic team. Now, there will be some Olympians But um, I selected players that are not representing USA Basketball. So the 12-player roster for USAB, Skylar Diggins-Smith, you know, uh, Jewel Lloyd, who is definitely an all-star, I did not personally vote for those players since they're going to be there anyway. So on to my picks. But uh, today, the road to the finals for our NBA playoffs is brought to you by, once again, Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the game a little bit more this season. Again, I don't know if L Woods or, or excuse me, L Woods. <laughs> I'm thinking of... Uh, Legally Blonde. I don't know if L. Duncan from ESPN is cracking some Mick Ultras uh, before she does her TikToks, but uh, either way, it's 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 fun, it's exciting, and it is uh, joyful. So that is your road to the finals. Make sure you're locked in as, again, the Atlanta, I almost said dream, the Atlanta Hawks are hosting Milwaukee and looking to even up the series at two. For the front court, I have Liz Cambage, Dewana Bonner, Brianna Jones, Candace Parker, John Quell Jones, and Benaja Laney. And I have some thoughts I'm going to save for the end uh, or for the next segment of the show when it comes to Benaja Laney and MVP. But again, front court, Benaja Laney, John Quell Jones, Candace Parker, Brianna Jones, Liz Cambage, and Dewana Bonner. Now, I know I talked about the drama of Neka Ogumake, even gave you a little bit of that from around the rim in the beginning of this podcast. I'm going to be honest. I thought about voting Neka just for the, for the chaos of it all. But ultimately, I voted on all-star performance up, uh, um, up through uh, essentially Friday of, of last week because I had to submit my ballot on Saturday. So everything was fair game before Friday of last week. And NECA is injured and has missed some games. I know John Quell Jones is also missing games right now. But for me, um, 
Jonquil Jones was playing at an all-star pace, and I thought that she deserved to be an all-star, whereas with NECA, we just don't know what NECA is going to offer this season, and so I personally did not vote NECA, but I really kind of hope for the drama and chaos of it all, and so we can, you know, chat it up here on Locked on Women's Basketball. I hope that she does get the vote. So those are my front court picks. For the backcourt, I have Courtney Vandersloot, Courtney Williams, Arike Agumbawale, and Marina Mabry. So two from Dallas and two Courtney's. This one was a little bit difficult. Um, I considered having Rebecca Allen in this group. But again, when it comes to guards in particular, guards for me can be a little bit difficult to gauge a lot of this, I went by who were the points leaders. Because another thing is, it's an all-star game. It's, uh, you know, I'm not going into deep, advanced statistics and analytics. I'm looking at who's scoring, who's scoring at a high clip uh, across the WNBA, not just for their team. Of course, you omit those who, in my case, my ballot omitted those who were playing for USA Basketball and will already be there. Um, Marina is probably the one player that, for me, I think that she's a flashy player, that she's a gritty player, and that she can have a standout performance. That's what I think an all-star game should be. And this particular all-star game is going to be exciting. And uh, on the next episode, you'll hear me talk to Noel Quinn. You'll hear me talk to Stewie about what is the pace of this all-star game going to be. But I think this can be one of the more competitive all-star games that we've seen. And so, yeah, I want Marina Mabry on the court for that because I think it's going to be fun to watch. Same thing with Arike. I think she's having... Um, a pretty solid season. I think she's dipped a little bit in the last few games, but you know, Dallas is on the rise. And those two stars, if you think about the season up to now holistically, I think you have to look at what Marina Mabry and Enrique Agumboale have done for their team. Same thing with uh, Courtney Williams and Courtney Vandersloot. Sloot also missed some time, and Sloot, you know, was struggling a little bit, but. I looked at, again, the guards and the numbers, the other players, that uh, again, that I thought of, Rebecca Allen and maybe, the, or a Sammy Whitcomb, and those were tough. Those were tough to leave off. Sabrina Ionescu, if, if the first three games of the season, if I weighted those a little heavier, then, yeah, Sabrina Ionescu is an all-star. But Sabrina has been struggling with an injury and some inconsistency that got a little bit exercised, as you heard Krina and Amy Otterbert talk about yet on yesterday's show. But ultimately, 2021 might not be the opportunity. I think there's a good chance, though, that Sabrina Ionescu is an all-star. And similarly to the reason I'd like to see NECA there, uh, I'd like to see Sabrina there. I don't think she's quite 100%, but Sabrina Ionescu played on a team that beat USA Basketball. And the big argument was that USA Basketball wasn't at full speed. Uh, they didn't have the players that are actually going to be on the Olympic roster. It was a little disparaging, actually, to hear some of the things that Sue Bird and other people were saying. Um, if I thought Sabrina Ionescu was healthy, 100% healthy, then yes, I put her on this because of, again, the storylines, the chaos, the drama of it all. But on merit for me, um, maybe 2022 for Sabrina. Another player I really wanted to put on this list was Satu Sabali. And I think it was a combination of just not seeing enough from Satu. Um, 
because she missed the season early on, um, it was a reason that I didn't have her on my ballot. So I don't know, folks, what do you think? That's my ballot. Uh, feel free to yell at me. Um, and uh, hey, you can yell at me if you want to. I usually clap back, though, so you should just know that. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Uh, I just talked about the NBA playoffs. There's so much going on. We have the Stanley Cup finals. Ooh, Tampa. Tampa really put a hurting on the Canadians. I don't really have a, a winner in this, but if you were a betting person, you could head over to betonline.ag. You could use your laptop, your mobile device, and you will find all of the greatest sporting news and sign-up bonuses as well as contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their deep run into the playoffs or in the case of hockey in the Stanley Cup final. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now... Of course, we're going to talk about my favorite family-owned business. Again, it's a family-owned business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Type locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right. So I've given you my all star ballad, I've given you. Uh, an update on Neka Ogumike from the vantage point of Michelle Vopel, and of course the fabulous Latrina Robinson. But I said I wanted to talk about something else, and you know Amy Audibert mentioned this on Monday's show, and I have to disagree with Amy. Most valuable player, most valuable player is not the most valuable player on the best team. I will never agree with that. Most valuable player is the most valuable player to their team, period. I would actually argue that MVP candidates on teams that are either struggling to make the playoffs or that are just in that, you know, six to eight slot or, you know, five through eight slot, those, for me, those players should be leading the MVP race. Why do I say that? Take what Krina and Amy Audibert were talking about. Liz Cambage. What'd she score? Nine points? Nine points against the Seattle Storm? Do you mean to tell me that a player that can get away with scoring only nine points against a team that they might very well see in the finals again, back-to-back years. Do you mean to tell me because of the, the value of having Chelsea Gray drop 21 points? Uh, let me look at this box score. Jackie Young with 12, Asia Wilson with 22 points. 
Kelsey Plum with 15 points off the bench. You mean to tell me that Liz Cambage, theoretically, is a more sought after and is a stronger MVP candidate than a player like Benajia Laney, who's putting up 20 points, 20 plus points regularly, when sometimes the rest of her team is scratching the surface at 10? You mean to tell me that a Benajia Laney who's more consistent and even though everyone knows what she's going to do, still does it. That's my argument for Tina Charles. 2016, Tina Charles, 2021. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Everyone knows what Tina Charles wants to do. She wants to back you down. She's going to turn around and do a fadeaway jumper. Tina Charles, I legitimately have seen Tina Charles shoot that very move over the defense of an entire team and still make it. And what? Because she's playing on a team like the New York Liberty or in this case now the Washington Mystics and they're not a top two, top four team. You mean to tell me that that makes what she's doing less valuable? No, I argue that it makes it even more valuable than a Liz Cambage who, yeah, sure, can drop 20, but doesn't, doesn't, and doesn't have to consistently drop 20. Most valuable. If Benajelani doesn't drop 20 points, the New York Liberty are likely going to lose. If Tina Charles doesn't drop 30 points, the Washington Mystics are likely going to lose. When you have a stacked roster like Las Vegas, when you have a stacked roster like Seattle, and those players don't have to be on, I'm not saying that they you know, take a break, but they know, even mentally, They're like, okay, you know, it's not working for me. Let me facilitate through other people. They can have that conversation. Whereas whether players like a Benajelani or Tina Charles will admit it or not, they're pressed. I have to get 20 plus. I have to get 30 plus. Because if I don't, we don't have a chance to win this game. That's a whole different mentality. So miss me with MVP has to always be from a team Uh, a top four team. And then people want to be like, oh, well, okay, MVP has to at least be on a team that's going to make the playoffs. Let's look at the standings right now. Let's look at the, if the WNBA, and you know I do this every, every show anyway, so I'm consistent with mine. If the season ended today, June 29th, these are your teams that would make the playoffs, the Seattle Storm, the Las Vegas Aces, the Connecticut Sun, the Chicago Sky, the New York Liberty, the Dallas Wings, the Phoenix Mercury, and the Minnesota Lynx. The Lynx have made up some ground here. So Washington is on the outside looking in. I think it's still a travesty to not have Tina Charles in your conversations for most valuable player. I think it's a travesty. Now, are these going to hold as we get close to the Olympic break? I don't know. But regardless, I don't care if Washington somehow managed to finish after Indiana, which that I don't even know if that's numerically possible. I don't care if Washington finished 12th after Indiana. Tina Charles is still an MVP candidate. Period. 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 Benajelani should be in the conversation. Is she even, you know, arguably in my top three for MVP? 
Maybe not, but she's in the conversation. Stewie, likely in the conversation, but if Jewel Lloyd isn't in the conversation, then your argument for best player on the best team is bullshit. Sorry for anyone listening that uh, is not used to me cursing on the show, but I needed to emphasize. If Jewel Lloyd, let's, uh, let's say the season ends today. If Jewel Lloyd is not your top vote getter, because, oh, best player, best team, right? If Jewel Lloyd isn't the MVP, then y'all are full of crap. Y'all are full of it. So I just had to get that off my chest. Um, but as I alluded to on Thursday, I want to talk a little bit about, and I've been talking to players about how, how competitive players and coaches, how competitive is this all-star game going to be tomorrow? The official rosters are announced. So we'll get to see theoretically the breakdown. Where did player or fans vote? Where did players vote? Where did media vote? And then who did the coaches select? I hope we do get that data, that statistical information. But now at least you know my ballot. And this is who I'm rocking with. And I'm feeling pretty good. I want to thank you for listening to Locked on Women's Basketball with me, your Tuesday, Thursday host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. I have been loving what Krina and Amy have been bringing to the show, Krina in particular, because she's new. Amy's always been holding it down. Like, come on, we know, we know she ain't new. She true. Okay. And of course you have Friday conversation with Howard Megdal. We are holding it down, not just for the WNBA, but for all of women's basketball. So you'll see us transition to talking about college basketball, international basketball. And of course, with the WNBA on break, We'll be talking about the Olympics. I always love talking about Canada basketball. I am so excited to see what Nayo Rinkakakunwe is going to do because that's my homie. Um, but yeah, I think España, we have to look at what Spain is going to do. But we'll have that all here for you at Locked on Women's Basketball. And I have to do this. The next time you hear me on Locked On Women's Basketball will also be the same day that my new Locked On show, Locked On Kraken, is debuting. Locked On Kraken. If you want to talk the National Hockey League, the MNHL, as I lovingly like to call it, and if you want to talk about the 32nd team, the newest team to the NHL in the Seattle Kraken, then I am your host. Head over to Locked on Kraken. We have the teaser episode, episode zero. Check out some stuff, though, on social media, on the social meets, because I'll have some teasers and some fun stuff. I've also been able to connect with King Five out in Seattle and do some promos for the show. So check all of that out. I'm so excited. I hope you'll join me over there. But for now, this is Erica Lindsay Ayala, your host of Locked on Women's Basketball and Locked on Seattle Kraken, debuting July 1. I'm signing out. Peace. Listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian 
Scalabrine and former general manager Ryan McDonough. It's a perfect way to get ready for the NBA draft. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is our audio home for all the sports, podcasts, and music news music and news that matter to you and uh, remember odyssey that's a u d a c y